Hello and welcome back to the Politics Unbox podcast. My name is Rhys and today it is time to try and decipher what voters in the UK care about because that will be the defining issue that determines the result of this Thursday's election which is, uh, as I record this, what, just one day away. Um, Because, well, there are a lot of issues on the table and the leading parties have couched the various decisions uh, that voters are going to be making in the ballot boxes, uh, on their ballot papers, uh, in a number of different ways, and we will get to see how the voters of Great Britain um, feel on these key issues. So it's time today to have a look at what those issues might be and what certain different results will tell us about those issues. All that today on the Politics Unboxed podcast. So yes, the question of what do the voters care about? Uh, I like a big question here on the Politics Unboxed podcast, and you don't really get one bigger than this in the world of politics. If I could come up with a definitive answer to this, uh, I think I would be the most valuable entity in world politics. I can't, I'm still waiting on that magic formula. Uh, But one day, maybe, we will see. What I can do, though, is analyse past voting trends uh, and have a look forward and make some projections based on what the parties are couching their campaigns around. And in order to do that, I need past data. And where better to look for data than the most recent general election and the opinion polls. So let's start with the the hard data, the general election, and that would suggest that the Conservative Party are in a strong position. If you're increasing your majority after nine years in government, then you tend to be in a good place. However, as with a lot of things, 2020 threw that into doubt. Because, as we saw, a major change in the ways we live our lives uh, and people's responses to the government's attempts to shape the ways we live our lives, um, things have turned on their head somewhat in certain aspects of public opinion. But I am going to start anyway with the December 2019 general election and more specifically a YouGov survey of likely voters conducted just before the election on how they were deciding. And it ranked on sort of top issues. So the top issue, unsurprisingly, for an election that was called the Brexit election by some sources, the top issue was uh, Britain leaving the European Union at just under 70% of people listing it as uh, in their top five factors. And I believe that was of first preference votes um, well, first preference votes were weighted slightly higher than their fifth preference votes. Um, and this was a little uptick from the 2017 data they took, uh, as you might expect, as we saw two more years of, um, as Boris Johnson might have put it, dither and delay, but as others would have put it, uh, legislative um, activity, I think would be fair to call it. The next issue down was health. Now, health just under 50% is a key issue. So the reason I was jumping over Britain leaving the European Union is because, well, that's done. That is 
very recent history, but it is history. And it is not something that's on the ballot in these elections. Local elections have no bearing on Britain's foreign and international policy. But health, the next one down, well, they do. Uh, so topping it at around, uh, actually it was just below 40%, and not just below 50%, uh, in 2019, was health. And that is something that these devolved administrations in uh, Scotland and Wales, which are being elected on the 6th of May, and also in some areas councils in England have some powers over. And so it'll be interesting to see if health is a cut through. I'm going to move on to talking about what the party's messages are and what we can take from that in a little bit, but I'm just going to go through the, the top things that have been listed as deciding uh, voter ideas first, and then I'll get on to them. So health being in second place means crime. Crime was a big mover. From way down in about 8th place for the 2017 general election, it's now been to 3rd place from the 2019 general election as something people have their eyes on. And I think that is fair to say. Crime is something that is very personal, and a lot of people take crime in their area personally. Uh, and we've now seen um, debates around crime and policing going on for a long, long time. Um, but they have been drawn into sharp relief over, again, 2020, throwing things into a bit of a tailspin. Uh, members on all sides of the political equation talking out on various different points, um, whether it's about police should have more powers to crack down on protests, there should be more powers for free speech, things like that. So I think we will definitely see crime as a major factor in these elections. And certainly as these police and crime commissioners, 39 of them, are being elected this year. Fourth on the list was the economy. And whilst on the macroeconomy level, you won't see too much changing uh, based off these local elections, on the local council tax and business rates, the local councils do have powers over that. Next up was the environment. Now, the environment, again, has, has shot up in importance from 2017 to 2019 in the general elections, uh, from where YouGov has been doing their, their studies. And, again, that is understandable. Um, all these deadlines that are being set by climate scientists, they are now two, three, four years closer than they were when they were last doing these surveys. So, again, it, it would be naive to think that the environment won't be uh, on the agenda for these elections. And then as you go down, you see things like immigration, asylum, housing, education, uh, welfare benefits, uh, things like uh, defence and security, pensions, tax, family and childcare, and then transport. And those are the, the real key issues that you can sort of section off most areas of political debate into. But interesting to see that still up there at the very top, health, crime, and if we take out the economy, the environment. And they will be key metrics on which to have a look at the results of these elections. So now what are the, the parties really saying, really focusing their messages on about these elections? Because these um, elections will be able to show how these talking points are cutting through. And if we start with the opposition, uh, the Labour Party and Sakir Starmer's approach, which has been, over the last weeks or so, um, has been pretty much... Uh, attack, attack, attack for the government on, um, well, what they are labelling these sleaze and corruption allegations. And this is this has become 
the major talking points around this election, certainly within the, um, well, the metropolitan media circles. And I think if we see a good Labour result, then we can expect this to continue to be a talking point and a point of emphasis for the Labour Party. Uh, we've seen Keir Starmer going after Boris Johnson repeatedly in the House of Commons. We've seen Boris Johnson probably more flustered than we have seen him for a while in the House of Commons under these questions from the leader of the opposition. And um, as a result, a lot of these results uh, in the election will potentially reflect on Sir Keir Starmer and the Labour leadership's choice of tactics for what they will be going after. And that will be interesting, because there have been fieldworks, fieldwork studies being done in these further away from London uh, constituency areas and council areas, saying that the issue of corruption and sleaze just is not cutting through. And whether that's a failure of message or a failure of messenger, uh, or in fact a failure of substance, will really only come to light after the election, uh, if indeed it is a failure. But if the Labour Party can't make gains at a time like this, you would expect uh, that they would see both the message, the messenger, and the direction of the party as, well not quite right, uh, because they would see this as a golden opportunity to lay in to the Conservative government, and I don't think many uh, people in the media would see them as too far wrong from that, if indeed these allegations are substantiated. Now, the Labour Party are looking closely at this issue, but the Conservative Party are doing just about all they can to focus away from this so-called Return of Tory Sleaze. Now, um, Liz Truss was doing the media rounds yesterday morning, I believe, and uh, she did not talk about it. She was very much on um, the defensive and was saying, well, the, the British people have different priorities. And she says that voters care about jobs and the vaccine rollout. And I think that... That is true. But then again, that is true for no matter which party you stand. Uh, voters do care about the vaccine rollout, and this vaccine rollout has been broadly effective. Um, without the, the full data at my fingertips, I would um, stray from making a comment on that in its entirety. But I would say that the, the overall public perception of the vaccine rollout, specifically... Um, the the lack of opposition from the opposition on the vaccine bailout signals that it is going all right. Um, and the Conservatives will be clear that this is their victory and that it is for them to take the credit for it. And just as in the way that if the Labour Party do well, then they will keep on their message, if the Conservative Party do well, then they will keep on their message. Uh, jobs, 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 build back better. Um very alliterative three-word slogans, but if they work, then they work. Um, and I think in the same way that if the Labour Party fails, then they will be pressed from many corners to change direction, 
I think if the Conservative Party fails, then their leadership will be pressed to change direction. Uh, if not in the immediate term, then in the short to medium term. And this sort of battle between uh, corruption and sleaze and the people's government, as it is being sort of pitched, this battle over what the image of the Conservative Party is, leaves a gap for what the Labour Party is, because I'm, I'm hearing a lot from the Labour Party about what the government is. I'm not hearing too much from them about what they would be in government or in their mayoralties. And maybe that's just because I'm I'm out of the, the media loops for, I don't know, the Greater Manchester mayoral election or the London mayoral election. But if I'm not getting the cut through on what the Labour Labour's key messages are, then maybe they need to start changing the message, or the messenger, or the system of messaging. Um, so it will be interesting watching how this election pans out. There are, of course, other parties on the ballot. It's not just a choice between Labour and the Conservative parties. Um, we will see the SNP in Scotland, and specifically this election is going to be couched in a very independence well, in a very independence-centric manner. Um, there was a leaders' debate uh, yesterday evening. Nicola Sturgeon at pains to point out that there will not be what is being called a wildcat vote on independence, uh, which is well being being called an illegal referendum by the Scottish Conservative leader in the debate, because. Well, there are debates around the constitutionality of um, the SNP just holding an election without uh, Westminster's consent. Um, and this row over Indy Ref 2 seems to be the row that is encompassing the Scottish leadership debate. And that will then be the key issue on the doorstep. But it isn't the only issue on the doorstep. Um, the SNP, there are quite a few. If you believe the polls, there are about a third of would-be SNP voters who are actually wavering on SNP support purely on independence. They like them on the economy, they like them on health, they like them on education, things like that. But it's the go-ahead-all-guns-blazing push for independence that is holding them back from out-and-out -out supporting uh, independence. And that will be an issue on the doorstep as well. We'll get to find out whether the voters stay with the SNP for education or stay with them for independence. And uh, that could be an interesting one to try and dissect once we look at the, the raw poll data that comes out after everyone votes on the Thursday, the 6th of May. Um, whether or not you can discern who's voting the SNP for education, health and uh, the economy, things like that, and who's voting them for independence first, uh, we won't actually be able to tell. But it will be interesting to see if their support does tail off in the wake of some of these headlines around um, just going ahead and pressing for a vote in 2021 or 2022. And um, that is certainly something to look for in the uh, Scottish elections. With the Welsh elections, well, there hasn't been nearly as much focus on the Welsh elections as the Scottish elections. It is a smaller country, that is true. Uh, there are Fewer debates around independence in Wales as in Scotland. That is true. Independence is a big, sexy political topic. Um, we've seen Brexit and Indy Ref 1 
draw in the crowds. Um, Wales doesn't have that. Well, maybe doesn't have that yet. Wait and see. Um, but there are still issues at play there. We've got issues on Mark Drakeford's handling of coronavirus. Uh, although there seems to be some agreement within the leaders over his handling of the coronavirus, notably from the more left-wing leaders, not from the Conservative or the Reform UK or um, Brexit Party or UKIP leaders. Um, but there are also issues on infrastructure. The M4 Relief Road has been a topic of uh, a bone of contention, really, around the Labour government. They said they were going to build one, and it hasn't happened yet. Um, well, they said they were going to improve it, but it hasn't happened yet, rather. So we will get to find out whether those issues are cutting through. But what we can say is that the winning party will be the party in each of these elections whose issues cut through the most. And whatever happens on May the 6th, and whatever happens with the counting of the ballots after it, and when we find out who is in power, those with the most councillors and the most MSPs and the most MSs and the most mayoralties will take their messages as good messages and keep going with them. And those without will be in a bit of a tricky situation. For Boris Johnson, we've seen his position weaken over the last few weeks with these headlines. A good result will prop him up. A bad result? Well, I'm not one to speculate. All right, you know I am. But anyway, for the Labour Party, a good result is a good result. There's no two ways about it. When you're in opposition, gains are expected in council elections. Um, but uh, still, improvement is improvement. No one expected them to be challenging for a majority uh, when they went down to their worst defeat since 1935 in 2019, uh, just two years after that. But still, a bad result for the Labour Party... And those arguments start to be, well, why can't they make that improvement since 2019 in just two years? Because they've been rather special two years, um, or year and a half since that election. And this is a good scenario for an opposition party, or you would expect it to be. So we're going to have to keep an eye out on these races. And luckily for you guys, I want to keep churning out the podcasts over that period. We'll get to do hopefully some special podcasts with some special guests uh, on those topics. I'll, I'll inform you via the, the social media channels, which are Politics Unboxed. Uh, find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram about those as and when um, news comes through. But it will be certainly uh, a nail-biting wait for those party officials who are anticipating the results of these elections. And for the journalists who will be waiting to write up their stories. Uh, I'm sure many have got articles waiting about uh, Labour victory, Labour failure, Conservative victory, Conservative failure. Uh, or am I just being cynical? Anyway, we might have a long week ahead of us with counts going from sort of some on the Thursday night, perhaps, for Scottish and Welsh elections. But many on the day of Friday, so we'll get a slow trickle of results then. Some in the day on Saturday, some possibly through into the Monday. But never fear, I will be here to talk you through some of the key issues and what we can take from them. So, that is all for today on the Politics Unboxed podcast. I want to thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to go and give it a rating wherever you can. Uh, leave a comment, any feedback is appreciated. 
Uh, and if you want to get in touch, as I said, I've got the social media on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. That's at politics.unboxed, at politicsu and politicsunboxed, respectively. Um, nope, I said them the wrong way around, but anyway. Uh, the Facebook is Politics Unboxed, Instagram politics.unboxed, and Twitter at politicsu. I will get it right. Trust me, I've been doing this a little while. Uh, you can get in touch through email, which is politics.unboxed at outlook.com, or you can get in touch through the website, which is politicsunboxedpodcast.wordpress.com. Thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you all around again soon for the next episode of the Politics Unboxed podcast. And until then, goodbye. Mm-hmm.